This is the Lean Discovery Applied Podcast with Clinton Sanko, Baker Donaldson's e-discovery officer. In season one of Sitting with the C-Suite, Clinton and guests will explore the e-discovery industry's past, present, and future, largely through the eyes of the executives responsible for the technology and services underlying virtually every e-discovery project. Hello, I'm Clinton Sanko, and welcome to the Lean Discovery Applied Series, where we are committed to unraveling e-discovery one interview at a time. What follows is my interview with Dave Dobson, CEO of Epic Global. I hope you enjoy this robust conversation as I welcome Dave to the show. Good afternoon, uh, Clinton. Great to be with you. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me. Uh, your your firm has been an incredible partner for Epic over many years, and it's a real delight to be with you today. Dave, I can't wait to dive down into the issues faced by our clients from this global pandemic and the challenges that it's brought, specifically as to litigation and e-discovery. I thought it'd be good to start with you giving kind of a background of Epic. Kind of tell us a little bit about the business units and kind of how it's structured. Thank you. Uh, So I've been with the company for just over a year now, and uh, we'll probably get into this a bit, but I've I've spent my entire career in technology, and uh, I've been given this unique opportunity uh, to lead this great company. And uh, we're a private company. We're owned by two uh, large and very successful private equity firms. Uh, We're a little over a billion dollars in size, and we have 6,000 people around the world. Truly a global technology service provider uh, by any measure. And we run our business, uh, Clinton, primarily in three verticals uh, or segments. Our largest business is legal solutions, and that's where we do a lot of work with uh, your firm and your clients, uh, where we provide everything from uh, forensics to information collection, e-discovery to document review. Uh, And we're the largest in the world in providing those services. Our second business, uh, we're the largest provider of the administrative services around uh, class actions, remediations, mass torts, and bankruptcies. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a mixed message. We're starting to see that restructuring business really start to to grow. You you can see it's significantly starting to move upwards. And then finally, uh, and this is really key to being close to our, our legal firm colleagues and understand the legal marketplace, Uh, We have a third business we call Global Business Transformation Solutions, or GBTS. And that's a business where we provide effectively outsourcing services to some of the largest, most prestigious law firms, not only here in the U.S., but around the world. Break down a little bit further for me, Dave, your legal solutions business unit, specifically kind of the e-discovery services that Epic supports. Well, that, that business, uh, and clearly it's, it's, it's a really important business for us. Uh, it really is the foundation of who Epic Global is. Um, it, it starts with having experts uh, and a set of consultants around things like information governance and forensics and risk management. So we have a team of about 100 subject matter experts that we spend time with the general counsel of a corporation or our, our colleagues in law firms consulting on how do you set up your information such that when a matter occurs, you're well well positioned to be able to deal with it in a highly efficient and effective way. So that's where we start. Then we get into information collection. Of course, you know, these days, uh, you know, strange for all of us, we used to do this very physically. We'd go out and get, you know, a hard drive or, a, you know, a box of records, or, you know, if it wasn't all digitized, and today we're doing that remotely. We're trying to collect all information remotely. So that's how we ingest information. 
And then we're a, we're a very sophisticated user of technology. So all of this information we effectively ingest into our technology platforms. Uh, we process that information. We try to cull it down very quickly and efficiently using technology and machine learning or artificial, artificial intelligence tools. And then we eventually end up promoting that information to a review platform. We have our own internal review platforms. We use leading third-party platforms like Relativity. We're also uh, starting to work with some of the software, software as a service providers, uh, companies like Everlaw, that we're starting to uh, you know, look at that technology in our own epic discovery, which is uh, really, we're quite excited as a, a software as a service, public cloud-based solution that's gonna be good for small matters. And then the final step of that business is a document review, uh, where we have a team of almost 3,000 contract attorneys or document review attorneys. And Clinton, I, I know you'll know this, but two months ago, we would have these attorneys sitting in document review facilities around the world. We've got 2,200 or 2,700 seats uh, in physical locations. And right now we've got over 2,400 reviews going on all from virtual offices. So we implemented technology to enable virtual reviews and the team hasn't missed a beat. And uh, the feedback from our clients has been exceptional. So that's, that's Legal Solutions, that's our largest business. Tell me a little bit about the clients that you serve out of the Legal Solutions business. Like what kind of uh, industries or size clients do you, do you serve at Epic? Well, part of the reason why I joined the company is, you know, I had a number of factors, but one of them was the, the install base and who the clients are that we serve. And I would segment it into two buckets. Number one, historically, the law firms like yourself have been really important partners in consuming our services or being a partner because we're supporting your clients. So that's a very large segment. In fact, on its own, that's our largest segment globally is law firms as clients. Our, our, our second largest verticals are banking, insurance, pharmaceuticals, uh, and then primarily consumer products-oriented companies, companies that actually manufacture them. Uh, and that's pretty standard across all three of our business lines. So law firms being number one, and then those big four industries are lar largest clients. We are uh, blessed at Epic where we've got over 6,000 clients around the world, very large footprint here in the United States, but we've got a very large team in Europe and a, also a very significant team in the Asia Pacific region. And so what we're finding, Clinton, is many of our larger clients, the reason why they select Epic, one of the reasons is because we have a, a, a world leading global footprint. And so whether they have a matter that emanates out of the US or emanates out of Europe or Asia, we can handle it with consistent processes around the world. So 6,000 clients, you know, a, a real split between small clients, mid-sized clients, and some of the largest global enterprises in the world. Dave, in preparing for today, I looked around the internet for Dave Dobson quotes, and I came across one that I thought was uh, particularly appropriate as we kind of jump into the COVID crisis. And, and in this quote, you, you were more talking about, and I've, I've seen this for, for years, the demands that are placed on IT departments. IT departments, the, the budget, they, they tend to shrink year over year, but their importance to the organization, the requirements of the business, and, and the desire of the business people for IT to be this kind of deeply embedded, integrated part of the business, it grows every year. And so there's that dichotomy. And you said, and I quote, everyone is scrambling to do more with less, to become more agile, and to find more cost-effective ways to support the business. The result is a transformative moment 
that offers, on the one hand, a tremendous opportunity for competitive differentiation, as well as, on the other hand, a huge strategic challenge. And I looked at that quote and I went, that's exactly where we are right now. The interesting thing is, and you may recall this, you actually said that 10 years ago in 2011 when you were with CA Technologies. If you were in the room right now and just kind of take a swath of your clients and their legal departments, you know, specifically to the in-house counsel, and you were sitting in a room with them and you were saying, here's one way to deal with that or here's the best ways that we're seeing to deal with that. What would you tell them? I mean, I guess the way I would frame this personally would be, how would you tell them how to get more value and to eliminate waste to get more out of their, out of their litigation spend? Well, look, that, I, I, you must have done your research because you, you're going back 10 years to find that quote. Uh, you'll, you'll find it unconsistent that, that uh, we're, look, we're all living in a very difficult environment and, and you can never underestimate the, the human tragedy that we're all living through. But with that said, uh, whether it's a financial recession like we saw back in, in 2008, 2009, and that's when I made that statement. The reason I told you there was reasons why I selected to be the CEO of this company back a year or so ago. And the second reason was exactly this point. We think, and I thought this a year and a half ago, that the, the legal industry is probably one of the last industries that is truly on the verge of a technological revolution, where the way legal uh, work gets conducted, the way work gets done, how technology really helps accelerate and transform the practice of law, I think is in front of us. And I think we're gonna see probably over the next five years, some of the most exciting times that this industry has ever seen. And for some, it's gonna be a bit daunting. So that was one of the primary reasons why I joined the company. My entire background's in technology and I have seen and been the part of, on both sides of the fences, by the way, where I'm the provider of technology to the marketplace or I'm part of a company that leverages technology to deliver world-class solutions. So really to that point, as I talk to my, my new clients in this company, whether it's a law firm or a corporate uh, general counsel law department, it's this is an incredible opportunity. As you look at you know, where you spend your money and how work gets done, it's in these moments that you look to transform yourself. And to me, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm biased on this, but leveraging technology and world-class technology solutions, I think to me comes to the forefront of how you do that. And that's really how strategically we've oriented our company is how do we make sure, and we've got deep support from our board of directors and our owners, on how do we invest substantially in technologies that will help reduce the cost of doing what we do? A great example is the document review process. I, I bet if we went back even three years ago, uh, a, a typical document review might cost our clients a million dollars. I'm just using that as, as a number. Today, using machine learning or technology we could probably call that down to 20% or less. And I know we would have had people on my team saying, well, why do we want to do that? Won't that be bad for revenue? And our argument is, I use the expression, water will find its own level. If somebody can do it, I want to be the one that's part of that team that's finding that most efficient solution. So that's how we're driving our company going forward. So, you know, when we look at, at what companies should do, when, when I'm, uh, you know, making a call on a general counsel, I'm really talking about how do you put in processes that are highly measurable, where you've got metrics that you can measure that are based on outcomes. And we typically look at three fundamental principles in everything we try to do with our clients. We develop these world-class playbooks that focus on process governance, 
that focus on risk mitigation, and finally, best-in-class cost management. And we think if our clients do that and we help them do that, we develop these enduring value relationships. So that's, that's what we're focused on. What's interesting is incumbent in, in your answer, Dave, what I heard was the, the, the law industry is going to be facing a technological revolution, but I also heard kind of a, a process revolution within there as well as you kind of spoke to both of those key pieces. I was curious, and you mentioned your technological background at, at various companies in these senior leadership positions from IBM, IBM to Pitney Bowes uh, to some, some really premier companies. I was curious, you, you jump into the, into the legal technology space and, and the technology support, you know, really kind of devoted towards legal last year. What, what are the major differences that you saw as you came in kind of fresh with these fresh eyes into the, into the legal support sector, you know, versus your time in the business technology side? Well, I'll start off with a, a quick story, but, you know, you'll forget more than I know right now about, about the legal industry. So I'm on a very steep learning curve. Uh, but my story is, I, I remember, you know, when I took this job, so it would have been in uh, January of last year. Um, I've, got, I've got two sons, uh, you know, older sons, a 20-year-old and a 24-year-old. And uh, my youngest son said to me, he said, Dad, you know, how is it you go from, you know, being at IBM and then you go to Pitney Bowes, which is in the mail business, you go to Computer Associates, which is in the, the software business, to running Corel software. How do, you, how do you do that? I mean, how do you know that business? And now you're in the, in, the, in the legal industry. And my answer to him was, over time, this is my third CEO opportunity, you develop a playbook. And you develop a set of things that have made you successful, regardless of what the business is. And if I had to distill those down into three things, it's number one, you build a world-class team of leaders. So I've been very fortunate to have a, you know, a network of people that I've worked with, and I've brought uh, a few of those people uh, in with me at, at Epic Global. Number two, you, you surround yourself with a small group of people that, that know more than you do. And that's incredibly important for me at Epic because I don't know the latest and greatest on e-discovery or document review or contract review or how the industry is evolving. First thing we did, we engaged McKinsey, you know, one of the greatest uh, consulting firms uh, in the world in May of last year. And we asked them to spend two months with us understanding how they thought the legal industry would change. And then secondly, we brought in a team of people that we had in our company. And we're very fortunate. We've got some of the smartest people in the industry and they become part of an advisement board for me and my leadership team. How are they seeing the marketplace? They're tightly plugged into our customers and they understand and they provide us feedback on what we're seeing in the marketplace. And then third thing that I found, Clinton, that has uh, made me uh, successful historically is you develop and execute a set of operational disciplines that help ensure you reach your objectives. Uh, and if somebody asked me what my core strength would be, it's being a, a strong operating executive. But you, you don't have a strategy that's based on wish and hope. You have a solid strategy, but what's really important is putting those pillars of execution capabilities in place and measuring it. And that's the same way we try to deliver solutions to our clients. If, if we're rolling out a solution that doesn't have very strong success metrics or outcome-based metrics, then our, our clients should be raising their hands saying, hey, where are those? Those are the attributes that I found that have made me and the teams I've worked with uh, fairly successful over the last number of years. As you look at your client base, and you talked a little bit about, you, you know, I think you said 6,000 clients, and, and you have this, this kind of great uh, uh, differences between them in terms of how many there are and kind of the industries that they're in. 
What are you seeing your clients do that, that you guys at Epic consider particularly uh, effective in terms of managing through the COVID-19 crisis, specific as to their litigation por uh, portfolios and their e-discovery expenses? What are you seeing clients do well in this time? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and as, as I said, we, we're really fortunate because we have such an incredible number of clients. We've got a lot of breadth. And because of the breadth of our solution portfolio across those three businesses, we, we've got very, a lot of angles to be able to look at the marketplace and see what's going on. And uh, one of the things that uh, you know, we do try to do to, be, to help our clients is share best practices. So when we see something that's working really well, you know, in one industry and one, one client, without getting into the details of disclosing who that client is, we quickly try to share those best practices across all of our clients. But to your question, you know, what in the time that I've been with the company, uh, what I would say there's, you know, four things that kind of come to mind as to what some of the most successful legal departments are doing. And this, the first one's going to sound completely uh, self-promoting, which is they're partnering with technology-oriented service providers like Epic. So I'm not saying just us, but others that have very broad-based solutions that have a vision for how to transform their businesses. And, and the real key point there is technology. I've found, I'll tell you one of the things I've been really surprised with Clinton is how many small providers of services there are, not dissimilar to what we do, but they're very different because we're building and leveraging technology solutions built on our own intellectual property that we think over time will continue to separate uh, you know, a, a fairly large global player from a small player. Uh, secondly, uh, developing what I talked about earlier, which are playbooks based on best practices and outcomes. And, and we, we have to adapt those playbooks around what works for a client. So what might work for a large bank won't work for, you know, a pharmaceutical company. So that's what we're seeing is our clients are developing world-class playbooks. The third thing is some of the more innovative clients are moving what we call internally left of EDRM. So the the reference uh, you know, framework for how you manage documents. Uh, and, and that's where I talk about information governance and risk, that these are far more relevant topics for the general counsel of a large firm today than they might have been five years ago. And then finally, uh, we're seeing more customers inter uh, leverage integrated solutions. And, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, I, I've met many clients that say, well, we choose to use Epic for one service and somebody else for another service. Uh, you know, I, I may tell you a story in a minute about a, a very large client that said, if I leverage a, a world-class provider all the way from collection through to ingestion of data, through culling that data, through doing a document review, theoretically, there is a significant advantage to be had in having purview over all that information. And the answer is there is. So we're starting to see that trend. And then finally, uh, for large corporate departments, and I know you see this as a, a leading law firm, large corporations and the general counsels are looking at the total cost of ownership of the types of services that we do and the services that law firms provide. This has become very, very uh, much in focus, looking at the, uh, the total cost of ownership metrics and how do they really put plans in place to transform how they, how they deliver and use those services uh, across their law firms. You've mentioned several times kind of the suite of services that Epic provides across the EDRM. And, and of course, you guys have technology and staffing resources attended to address each of these, these different issues that clients face. And, and uh, you know, one of the interesting things about 
talking to you as the CEO is everything kind of rolls up to you within the organization. And I'm curious, if you were to look at the last several months or the you know, six, to, six months to a year, what are you hearing from your operations teams as like really good, innovative, next level services or technology options that are being underutilized and represent significant opportunities for more efficiencies, for cost savings, and for quicker uh, defensible results? Yeah, I, I did allude to this a bit earlier that I, I don't feel like I'm being successful unless I'm spending probably 20-25% of my time in front of our customers. Uh, so whether it's our law firm clients like yourself or your clients, which are the, uh, the, the corporate general counsel teams. And I learn a lot uh, from those teams. And, and so I was out for dinner once with one of our largest clients. This is a very large technology firm based in, uh, based in Silicon Valley. And so I was out with the, uh, the lead e-discovery executive of that company. And uh, she was describing to me how, how their processes over time have been divided across many providers. And we were given an opportunity in 2019, now leading into 2020, to actually provide a range of services. We made a commitment that if we had an opportunity to look at the entire extent of the services that they were consuming, uh, we would make a commitment to reduce the cost of those services by you know, 20, 25%. And I can tell you that, uh, you know, five months into 2020, not quite, uh, we're delivering on that commitment. So how we're doing that, so what we're seeing uh, from the front lines and what our teams are telling us is, and I know this might sound like a bit of a cliche, but the first thing is really leveraging technology like machine learning or artificial intelligence, products like NextLP or Brainspace. These are really powerful tools that have the capability to significantly you know, call down and make the review process much more efficient. The second I talked about, which is information governance. You know, we've built up a set of solutions and consultants that can help our clients. Uh, how, do you, how do you deploy more effective information uh, or data management and data systems such that when you have, you know, what information do you hold on to? When you need to extract that information, how do you do it highly efficiently? And that's a part of our business that's growing rapidly. And we think the most forward leading customers see that as well. The third area is particularly rel relevant for law firms. Um, and it's interesting, there's a segmentation that's going on that we see, which is you'll see law firms that have chosen to be in the business of uh, providing uh, e-discovery or doing document review. And, and, and our view is, you know, that's fine. And the competition is great. But we're also seeing firms, and they probably have developed their own offerings. But we're seeing a very large swath of clients that want to be in the marketplace of providing those services to their clients. And they've chosen to engage providers like Epic to provide managed services. So where we take our technology stack and we provide it to a law firm as effectively, and it could be like a white label solution so that you could actually put your services around that or offer that services to your clients and you can continue to manage or control that end-to-end -end service experience for your clients. So that's the third area that we see growing very rapidly and we think will be a significant growth going forward. And then the, the final area, um, and this is more to our corporate corporate audiences, we're, we're seeing them ask for doing e-discovery spend analysis. How much are they spending and how can they get far more efficient in how they spend their dollars? And we're ramping up rapidly to be able to provide those services to our clients. And then, you know, just very briefly, uh, th this leads to something that we see going on. And this comes from, you know, my technology background and the, the gentleman that leads our legal solutions uh, his name is Roger Pilt. So I brought him on board six months ago. 
very strong technical leader, just overall fantastic leader. And he's got a vision that he's seen evolve in other technology industries. You know, we both came from the technology background where CIOs, chief information officers, 15 years ago, used to grapple with managing all this technology. How do you do it? And over the course of, you know, years, solutions were developed called around IT asset management uh, and frameworks were developed on how do you manage all those assets? We see this, you know, playing a game in how matter management is done uh, for large corporate clients and, and how law firms play into that. So we're just starting to see the front edge of that. And it's something that we're very interested in as a company and leading over the next number of years. You know, Dave, looking at where you sit right now, you're not just helping clients manage through the COVID crisis. You're having to manage through the COVID crisis as a business as well as, as Epic. I'm kind of curious, how is Epic kind of responding to the pandemic generally? And then how are you partnering with your clients affected by the pandemic? Like, what are you guys doing uh, in both those areas? Yeah, uh, and boy, it's what a, what a time to, you know, have this discussion. Uh, I, you or I never thought two and a half months ago we'd be living in a pandemic. Nobody did, except for one person. I'll talk about him a little later, which is Bill Gates. And, and, and here we are. So like many companies, and I think we're really fortunate to be in this position, 95% of our employees are now working effectively from home offices, which is something I never thought we would ever see. And we moved very quickly to enable our, our employees with technology, secure technology, such that uh, we could do things like no travel collections. We could do contract. We, we, we announced a new service right in the middle of this that does contract analytics to help our customers use the same artificial intelligence tools to actually look at clauses that might be in their, in their contracts around things like force majeure uh, and to know what exposure or liability they might have. I mentioned earlier, we're doing all our document reviews now uh, remotely, which has given us enormous breadth in the ability to accelerate you know, languages that might've been harder to find. We can now find them very readily because they can be done remotely. And then, you know, a final example is uh, in our on-site business, our global business transformation solutions uh, for law firms, our digital mail solutions are now going through the roof because clients want us, want to be able to access important information digitally. So we're, as a company, we're using this as an opportunity to accelerate our own digital transformation. How do we deliver our solutions to our clients in a form that is less frictionless, uh, or more frict, I should say, more frictionless uh, and easier to access uh, without having a lot of human interaction. Um, I'll give you one other area. You, here, you and I are using uh, WebEx to communicate. At Epic, we've standardized on Microsoft Teams. We're a large Microsoft client. They're a fantastic partner of ours. And we've standardized on their platform. And I use Teams, you know, eight hours a day. Uh, I've done a lot of Teams meetings. We're presenting documents. We're innovating. And we've announced a Microsoft Teams connector because a lot of the information that gets collected and disseminated, we've provided a solution to make sure it's now discoverable. So that's, uh, that's where we are. And uh, I, I was just telling you before we started, we had our board meet, meeting this week. There's a lot of discussion. Are we gonna go back to the, you know, the old way we did business? And the answer is no. This leads back to some of the quotes we made. This is a transformative opportunity, not only for our customers, but for us as a world leading service provider firm that you know, we're looking at our real estate footprint, like I'm sure you are at Baker, Baker Donaldson and many of your, you know, uh, your competitive firms are you know, out there and saying, do we really need all this real estate? Uh, 
Um, now, we've got to be careful. We can't lose that ability to interact uh, with our colleagues. We need that. I miss that more than anything, being able to, to fly around and, and meet with folks like you and my customers. But there will be a big change uh, a year from now when there's a vaccine available or a therapy that's successful. I think we'll look very different uh, in, in how we actually deploy resources around the world. I want to pick up on that theme, kind of that looking forward getting out your crystal ball there in your office days and kind of predicting the what's to come for us. I thought it was interesting. I found this article that was actually written by you. It was an op-ed that you did when you were at Pitney Bowes. It's entitled Integrated Innovation at Pitney Bowes. And it, you, you published this in 2009. And, and you were kind of reflecting on, at that point, some of the recession issues uh, that you had lived through in your, in your leadership role at Pitney Bowes. And you said, that you chose during that time, that difficult, challenging, it was a recession, I guess, at that time, you chose to increase your innovation spending. And you said, and I quote, we saw the recession as an opportunity to increase our innovation investment as a percentage of revenue so that we could be even better positioned to take advantage of market opportunities. And I looked at that and went, okay, you're in the middle of this COVID pandemic. Where is Epic putting its innovation dollars kind of to prepare uh, for the future and kind of what's a major prediction that you have uh, specific to e-discovery about where we're going to land uh, when we get to whatever the the normal is on the other side of this pandemic yeah well look i i, I guess now i it, it looks pretty uh pretty prophetic that <laughs> that uh, i i penned that that article but it was more than that it was actually part of a strategic plan and look, I guess I'm consistent because we're doing it again. Uh, here we are in 2020 in the midst of, uh, you know, a significant set of crises. And I'm very fortunate that we're, we, we have the resources available to be able to do what we're about to launch into, which is we're going to accelerate the digital transformation of our company. Um, so we're going to be developing and launching something called the Epic Service Cloud, which is all of the capabilities that we have for our clients. We want to deliver in a digital fashion. Um, and and, and we're, we've brought in a world-class team to be able to do that. So that's number one, that we are going to accelerate our investment because our thinking is that whatever the world looks like on the other side, we have a potential to accelerate our transformation and quite frankly, our differentiation on how we deliver services. So we just reviewed, as I was indicating to you earlier, we had a board meeting and uh, we reviewed those plans with the board and got full support to continue the investments we're making to accelerate. Number one. Number two, from, from a client perspective, we, when we've looked at what we've done historically, we, we've developed what we call you know, a triangle or a pyramid where we've got three levels of services that we offer to our clients. The base level, and we've been in this since the company was founded 20 years ago, is, is we're a world-class leader in uh, what we call transactional services. So collections, e-discovery, document review. But we are very quickly moving up you know, that triangle to deliver services that are managed services, leveraging software as a service tools in public cloud. That's going to be an important part. Consulting around things like information governance and risk and compliance uh, and total cost of ownership for large corporate clients. That's the second level. The third level is the one that I, I really think is going to be on the mind of pretty much every general counsel uh, that, that you're talking to from your firm perspective and that we're talking to. Is they're thinking about how do they transform their corporate law departments. When they look at all the services they consume, the things they do themselves and the things they contract out to firms like yourselves, they'll want to know how do we do it more efficiently? 
what are the things that they do internally that they should have somebody else that does it you know, in a world-class and very large scale way that could drive down costs because we leverage world-class process and technology. And then, you know, third, uh, second to final is we're, we've seen a slowdown right now in the number of matters uh, that are being, new matters that are being generated, but it's not that significant. But as the courts have, have you know, slowed down, we think there's gonna be a significant surge in the second half of this year. So we anticipate that uh, firms like yours, world-class firms like yours, you're going to get very busy, and we expect that our business will follow. We think there'll be significant uh, tailwinds. And then the final thing, you know, as you ask the question about what we think about, you know, we've been a you know a significant aggregator in the space. Uh, that's how this company is, has grown. We actually believe, and I believe strongly, that there'll, there'll continue to be uh, consolidation in our space. And I do think there's going to be a separation between large global participants and smaller players. I mean, it was very easy to get into the e-discovery space. It wasn't difficult to, you know, launch uh, on somebody's third-party platform and provide services. I think it's going to be more difficult in the future. And, uh, and, and we really have a vision and an execution plan on how we're going to differentiate based on the quality of our people and the quality of our solution. And the fact that we do it all globally. So those are four things that we think about a lot and that we're putting, uh, you know, putting, I guess you could say our money where our mouth is to execute plans against those. To begin kind of wrapping up, and I certainly appreciate your time today. I have uh, three kind of more human interest questions for you that our uh, viewers may, uh, may find interesting. The first one is, who is a current business leader and specifically their attributes? that you personally admire and, and like to replicate in your own leadership style? That's a, it's a really great question. I'll tell you, two, two names come to mind, and I know a lot of people will probably say the same two people. One might be a bit surprising, but one is Bill Gates. And I don't know if you've noticed as much as I have how prominent he has become over the last two months. Um, and I've, I've, I've stayed very close. I've actually had a chance to meet Bill Gates two or three times uh, in, my, in my career. And he's just a, a very, very bright man. I know that's an understatement, but um, he's, he's a visionary and he understands technology and he understands the application of technology to do good things, not only for business, but for the world. That's number one. And then secondly, the gentleman that followed him, Satya Nadella, who's the current CEO at Microsoft. And the reason why I admire Satya is because he's got a really balanced view. Not only is he a really smart business executive, He's, he's a human and uh, what he's done around diversity and caring about people. And I know we have a partnership with Microsoft and that partnership feels differently today than any other partnership I've had with Microsoft because of the human element that Satya has brought to the table. So uh, th those are two names that I think of that uh, if I could get more of their time, I'd take it in a minute. Bill Gates, I think he had one of the best TED Talks that I've ever seen. I don't know if you've ever seen that, where he has the mosquitoes in the jar that he lets out at the beginning of his talk. It's, it's fantastic. Just, just from a public speaking standpoint, from this message standpoint, it was really, really well done. Second question, uh, what is the last podcast that you listened to? And here I'm going to ask you to be honest, even if it's a guilty pleasure. Uh, what was the last podcast? Well, I'm not going to tell you any guilty pleasures, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, because the real answer is, is maybe I'm that boring. I don't have any right now, but uh, it's related to the first question. And I thought you were actually going to nail it when you talked about letting the mosquitoes out of the jar. Uh, and it might actually be that one, but it's uh, 
I just watched it the other day with my sons as they come home from college. One, you know, one works at Morgan Stanley and others down at Vanderbilt. We're all home together as a family. And my son puts on Bill Gates's podcast as a TED talk around a pandemic. It was filmed three years ago. Three years ago. I mean, yeah. Clinton, if you get a chance, go watch it because it is scary how predictive it is of what we're living in right now. And of course, the main theme that you're hearing him talk about, not in a, I, I, you know, in a know-it-all type way, but a lot of what's happening now is preventable. The, the challenge is, as a leader is you hear all sorts of threats and deciding more opportunities, which, which ones do you allocate resources to and pay attention to? That's the, that's the difference between those that have become truly great leaders on a world scale and those that haven't. Uh, that if people have an opportunity to watch that uh, pandemic uh, TED talk from Bill Gates, it's uh, it's a bit startling. All right, final question: What is the best book? I don't care if it's business or fiction that you've read recently that you would recommend to the listeners. I mean, this is like one that you just you couldn't put it down. Uh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in my uh, my office here. I'm looking over my bookshelf and see what comes to mind. Uh, well, the the most recent is. Uh, uh, maybe it's not quite the most recent I read read was uh, Phil Knight, the founder of Nike, which was shoe dog, which is an amazing story, but that's not the one I I'm going to recommend to your, your audience, but uh, I I'm reading Phil Knight's book or I read Phil Knight's book uh, because our uh, class action remediation business is headquartered in Beaverton, Oregon. And so I went out there to visit for the first time last February, my first trip to Beaverton to see a team We've got 600 professionals out there. And the team said, you know, Dave, the office you're sitting in, this was Phil Knight's office back in 1972. So we are actually located in the original Nike headquarters. So they gave me a copy of Phil Knight's book and I love it. It's an amazing book. But uh, my most recent is uh, a book called Sapiens. Uh, Sapiens is a book by uh, Yurai Harari. And it's a little long. Uh, you might want to get it in the audio version. But it is a fascinating journey of mankind. And uh, I read it and, and it was a book that I couldn't put down as you continue to learn about how we evolved as a species and, and why we survived and other, you know, uh, Neanderthals did not survive. I found incredibly interesting. So that's, uh, that's the type of reading I've been doing over the last, last few months. <laughs> any, uh, any parting thoughts before we, before we close? Well, look, first of all, I really enjoyed it, and, and I, I feel grateful that you reached out to me and, and we could share this time. Uh, probably first and foremost, that we get to meet as an important uh, client of ours, so I look forward to following up and, and, and having a nice uh, meeting in person or a dinner. Uh, so thank you for doing that. Uh, I did, uh, it, like all of us, uh, I'm doing a lot of communications with our employees, our 6,000 people around the world this way, uh, doing it by video. I, I love staying engaged with our people. I think it's really important. And, um, you know, I did a video towards the end of March where I, I, I went on and I said to our employees, I said, in my 30 plus year career, uh, my leadership has never been tested the way it has over the last few weeks. And, and I mean that. And uh, I, I, I'm very proud of our team and how we responded. And, uh, you know, we don't know what the next uh, three, four, six months, even a year looks like, but I'm certainly uh, pleased and, and lucky to be surrounded by uh, group of amazing customers that uh, have supported us and uh, and teammates that uh, all row in the same direction. So I feel really very fortunate. With that, thank you for the opportunity to engage with you and, and your audience. And I wish you success. And I, again, I look forward to meeting with you in person.
Thanks for joining us on the Lean Discovery Applied Podcast, Season 1, Sitting with the C-Suite. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. You can also visit us online at www.leandiscoveryblog.com where we have additional content and videos of the interviews. Lean Discovery Applied is hosted by Clinton Sanko, eDiscovery Officer of Baker Donaldson. This program is not intended as an endorsement and does not constitute legal advice. Thanks to Baker Donaldson, a leader in innovative legal services, for supporting this podcast. To the guests and to you, the listener. See you next time.